Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. What is going on, my people? Beautiful people, powerful people, change makers, human beings. I hope you're doing well. This is Brian Hardy coming to you for another episode of Redefining Reality. And this is a little bonus, a little bonus footage audio that um, my good friend Marco of 528 Recordings, based in Toronto, helped me out with. So how this came to be was a bunch of friends of mine put together a little one-day festival over in a park in western Toronto. And it was called Heal the Field. And it was essentially a lot of music, some potlucking, some yoga, some movement, different different movement practices, lots of movement, lots of dance, lots of music, lots of good vibes. But also some some lecture sort of Q&A discussion based talks. And so I volunteered to give one of these talks on the subject of biohacking. And that's what you're about to listen to. So I just sat down and uh, we went through, you know, some pretty basic stuff. If you're really deep into this world, there might not be that much new for you. But if you're not deep into this world of nutrition and health and biohacking, then there's probably going to be quite a bit. So I encourage you to take it in. You can definitely hear some of the music in the background. So uh, I was late, late, um, wired up with a lav mic. And in the background, there was some kirtan chanting going on. If you don't know what kirtan is, it's call and response chanting that's very popular in India. The Hare Krishnas do a lot of this. Various religious spiritual ethnic groups do things like kirtan yoga bhakti yoga would be kirtan and um, it's beautiful and so you catch some of that in the background i hope it's not too distracting i hope you uh, actually can enjoy it and like the ambiance that it gives you can just imagine yourself in the park in dufferin grove park lying in the grass listening to me talk about biohacking and listening to lee my friend lee and her friends or our friends, the other side of the of the community that was doing kirtan. So with that, I'm going to wrap it here. And uh, enjoy. This is Biohacking from Heal the Field. Peace. So, let's get to it. So biohacking, right? It's a term, it gets thrown around a lot. There's different communities of people that ascribe to that term. And it can mean anything from putting technological implants in your body and like magnets, people put magnets in themselves and all sorts of crazy stuff. We're not gonna talk about that. I'm not interested in magnets in my body yet, maybe in the future. In biohacking, is it negative and positive? Like it has to be good or bad? It's like anything, it's a tool. It's a way 
I mean, the way I understand it and practice it is the art and science of optimizing your environment to influence your performance. Whether that means health, whether that means your ability to manage your emotions or focus on your work or be present or um, manage a health condition or reverse a diagnosis, whatever it is. Um, it's just bringing a broader awareness to all the different factors that influence that. Which to me, environment encompasses, but it's not just environment as in, you know, we're in the outdoor environment now and there's trees. It's environment from the highest level to the lowest level. So the air we're breathing, the water we're drinking, the sunshine that's hitting our skin, the electromagnetic frequencies and radio waves that are around us, but then also down to the smallest scale, as in the cellular environment, which we influence through the foods we eat, and again, the water we drink, the thoughts we think, the supplements we take, or the herbs we drink, or, you know. So the environment is everything, right? It's the people around you. It's their thoughts and their energy that's influencing us. And so the more aware and in control of our environment as a sort of the totality of it, the more we are able to sort of play and tinker and get the outcomes and the effects that we want in order to feel our best, look our best, perform our best, just maximize who it is we are. So that's sort of a preamble, right? Um, if you have questions at any time, interrupt me. I want this to be more of a discussion. I mean, there's only a small group of us. If you have like specific questions or something you're curious about or you've heard countering opinions on different things, if we can bring clarity to that, let's do it. I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, one thing I'll start with, because this is sort of where I initiated myself into this world and practice, is the idea of, as a more primary means of fuel, um, using fat as your primary source of fuel for certain times. So most of us are raised to be carb burners and sugar burners, and we're fed, you know, a steady diet of grains and, um, I mean, if you follow the food pyramid, you eat a lot of grains and starches and fruits and sugars, refined stuff. If you had the misfortune of having that, I mean, as a kid, I ate a lot of crap and it totally wrecked me. Um, but you look around and you see it's just everywhere, right? It's so easy. You can grab a donut, you can grab a muffin, you can grab a sandwich, a coffee. Um, and so that's fueling the sugar burning pathway. And so our cells are all equipped to burn what are called ketone bodies, which are the breakdown products of fats. Um, some even more so prefer those. Um, so parts of the heart and the brain and some muscle prefer that form of energy. And it's all very variable, right? The body adapts. The body is very resilient and very uh, adaptive. And so you can train your metabolism to run off these things. And there's some key points and reasons as to why you might want to do that. And it's not an easy thing. It can take, you know, many months to years to really, you know, get things working well. There are products that are available more and more so that sort of shortcut that. Um, because traditionally, say you're going to fast, right? You're going to like water fast. The first few days are going to be really rough. 
Mostly because, I mean, there's a lot of things. Your body could be detoxing all sorts of who knows what. You might just be freaking out because you've never gone more than a day without food, right? So your brain's like, what's going on? I want to, you know, three times a day, where's my meal? Um, but also your cells are switching from running on sugar and glycogen, which we store in our muscles and our liver. Glycogen, just the storage form of sugar. So you're burning through that and switching to fat. Because all of us, even the leanest of us, have days of energy stored in our fat. And we have fat around our organs and it's like everywhere. Which is why you can go a long time on water if you desire to do that in a medically supervised situation and not die, right? And be fine and actually have some of the best clarity of thought, which is one of the big benefits of following this sort of way of eating or you'll hear talked about ketogenic diets or ketosis. The mental clarity and mental focus is one of the main benefits people talk about. Endurance athletes also use these a lot um, and more and more so. And the whole dogma of like you need to carb up and carb load and you need to have your sugar packets with you on the race and eating bananas and drinking like Gatorade or whatever is falling aside to the new science and just the new evidence of people who have shifted and are performing at the top of their respective competitions. Because of course, if you don't have to stop and eat during a race, you're gonna do better. If your stomach's empty, you don't have to worry about diarrhea or nausea, which is so common for these crazy athletes. Um, and so the mental clarity, the athletic performance for endurance athletics, not, uh, not like sprint athletics, because that's pretty much all a different energy system. Um, and then just the ability to not be controlled by hunger and blood sugar spikes and become, what's up, you know, hangry. Hangry is a big one. Or I like hypoglybitchy is another, <laughs> another good one, right? Because we've all been there where your blood sugar is crashing. Um, could be for any number of reasons. Maybe you had too much coffee. Maybe you're just super stressed out. Maybe you didn't eat all day and your body's just like, what the fuck? But it's not a good place to be. You know, you can't make clear decisions. Your thinking's messed up. You're in survival mode and you're looking for that source of fuel. It's like, where can I get it, right? So to prevent that, to not have that be a thing, to be able to go four or five, six hours without eating and have it not be a thing, which is not easy in this modern world, um, but can be very liberating to be able to land in that sort of a place. Um, so those would be some of the main benefits towards doing it. And again, everyone's different. Your goals are gonna dictate what you do. Your physical activity level is gonna dictate what you do. There's many factors to consider, but it is something to consider. Um, and there's, there's sort of a theory that the fewer insulin spikes you have throughout your lifetime, the longer you'll live, the less likely you are to get Alzheimer's or cancer or diabetes or all these things, right? They say Alzheimer's is type three diabetes. It's diabetes of the brain. And it starts when you're in your 20s, you know? You don't feel it. Um, and your body might not reflect it because you're lean and you're active and you're burning through it. But it's still having an inflammatory effect because insulin is very inflammatory in high amounts. And sugar, having elevated blood sugar is very inflammatory. Um, so it's something that we'd be wise to avoid, especially given the amount of stress we have. Because for instance, just being, you know, where we are, 
who knows how many radio frequencies and electromagnetic waves are hitting us right now. Some of us might have pendants or things to help protect against that, I'd recommend it. But your body picks up on that and your adrenal glands, which are the stress glands that rest on the kidneys and produce cortisol, pick up on that. And they've actually done studies where they take people out to the, a forest where there's no signal, there's no cell service or anything. And just being there drops you. I mean, you're around the trees and nature, so it's gonna entrain you into a more meditative, peaceful state. But then as soon as you're back in like cell range, you might not have a cell phone, but your body knows, right? Your body is very sensitive. These are very sensitive, highly evolved, you know, meat suits that we're walking around in. And, and it, it picks it up, it picks it up, right? And so we are bathed in that all day, every day. Um, so our bodies are just like on high alert, right? It's like high alert. So the more we can do to mitigate that, the better. How are we doing? Amazing. Good? So in order to best do that, let's talk a bit about adaptogens. You're familiar with adaptogens? You must be familiar with adaptogens, yeah? So these are something that I think are a necessity. Like we should all have like at least a couple to rotate through depending on the day, depending on what we're doing because they are perfect to help us adapt to stress, right? So things like rhodiola is a favorite of mine, ashwagandha, so you had chatavari and astragalus, I think, so. Yeah, 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 ginseng, the, yeah. So that's a class of herbs that is just like a godsend for the modern world. Um, and they can help balance your blood sugar, they can help reduce cortisol, they can help balance your hormones. Because blood sugar and hormones, like if you can, I mean, you start with blood sugar because that's probably easiest and most people are, you know, that's their, that's where they're at. Balance blood sugar and balance hormones and you're going to feel and look and perform a whole lot better. Hey. Than if you're sort of riding the roller coaster, right? And so making sure we're including those in our regimens, whether we're throwing them in our smoothie or we have some capsules or tea, um, will go a long way, a really long way. So we've got those. What else, what else? The other thing that I like to do and that I like to, you know, just put in people's heads is the idea that everything is a drug. Everything is a drug. I mean, language is very limited and hard to sort of distinguish sometimes, but everything has a biochemical, to some extent, most things, some sort of a biochemical physiological response or influence, whether that's oxygen, whether that's sugar, whether that's salt. Um, and so recognizing that and adjusting our intake of certain things or just, just, just seeing, I guess, the, uh, the influence that that can have so that you, you realize, I mean, there's a reason, say someone is ending up in this, you know, right, they're riding the roller coaster of hormones and blood sugar, and they feel terrible, and their emotions are crazy, and they're like, they can't relate to people, and they can't focus. Like, there's a reason for that. And it's not your fault that you've ended up there, but you are responsible for, you know, ideally getting yourself out of there or, you know, learning and navigating and empowering yourself to not be stuck there, right? Because no one wants to be stuck there. Who wants to be stuck there? <clears throat> Just sort of at the mercy of, you know, your 
your reptilian animal survival brain. Like, and you think about, you look around at how like, the, the main problems that are plaguing, you know, many places and people, they're very like low level survival, like this is my piece of land, or it's like this ancient tribal nonsense, really, that if we could just, you know, take care of ourselves and get ourselves up to a certain level, it's like, okay, now we can think clearly, now we can be human, we can relate with each other. And, I mean, ideally just evolve, move past whatever our obstacles might be. So, any questions? A question about blood sugar. Sure. Because you're talking about fasting. Yes. I find, I fasted one, like, a few times, a long time ago. I just find I'm very, I would say I'm hypoglycemic. Yes. I'm very Me sensitive too. to blood sugar. Okay. And I find that if I don't eat regularly, then it's almost like I fall asleep. Like I just literally get super sleepy if I don't yeah. eat regularly. But as long as I eat regularly, I feel well. Mm -hmm. So. And for certain people, I mean, there are benefits, and people think you'll live longer if you fast, like once a week or for right. a certain portion of the day. So some people do like a 12-hour window where they don't eat, yeah. or a 16-hour window. Yeah, which is what I do. I guess I try not to eat after whatever seven o'clock. Yeah, right? um, but I'm I'm the same way. I'm the okay. same way. I tend towards that. Um, and I mean, if you look at Ayurveda, people that are more lean and tall and vata, as they would say, they don't recommend any sort of prolonged fasting. Okay. More than three days is sort of what they, there's, that's their, their rule. Um, and you can do modified fasts, right? You could do, um, like I've done juice, you can do yeah. juicing, or if you're gonna do a proper fast, like for medical reasons, you wanna be in a place where you can just sleep, yeah, right? Okay. You can just let your body relax and yeah. do what it's gonna do. I think for all of us, and yeah, and just yeah. totally recharge and like detox and let go. And yeah. I think there's, I mean, more of that's going to happen in the future. I think it's going to become like mandatory almost to have like wellness retreats that are outside of the city that ideally corporations and governments sponsor. So they're accessible to everyone for like two weeks so of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's part of your wellness package, right? You go and you, you, you just take, take it easy. And, you know, healthcare costs will go down because of it, because we're actually preventing the illnesses that are, you know, killing our healthcare system. Um, so you're definitely not abnormal, right? Um, and there are different things you can do, right? There are different herbs that would help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you You want to sit? Bioenergetic? Biohacking? Talking. Yeah, we're talking health. So fasting. So we were just talking about how it's very easy to become hypoglycemic if you're fasting. And so there are certain herbs, like the adaptogens would help with that. Yeah, okay. Um, and help you sort of cope and adapt and uh, help manage that a little bit. Um, like but it's not mandatory. It's not mandatory. Well, I like ashwagandha um, and shatavari is more of like the female ashwagandha. I've never tried it, but that's what I've heard. Um, things like cinnamon yeah, help okay. control blood sugar. The good cinnamon, not the not the cassia cinnamon, Ceylon cinnamon, yeah, okay. the real stuff. Um, and I mean, there's different supplements. So something that I love are essential amino acids, which I don't know necessarily how they're going to impact blood sugar, but they do really sort of keep you going. Okay. 
And these are just amino acids. I don't know who came up with it. It's a patented blend of amino acids that comes in, like, they're vegan source tablets. And within 30 minutes, you eat them, and they go from your stomach into circulation and then can then fuel your muscles or your nervous system, for that matter, and prevent you from breaking down lean tissue for energy. Um, because getting back to the whole fasting point, like, people do juice fasts or water fasts or whatever. And oftentimes, if they're not doing it right, they're going to come out of that having burned lean tissue, um, having likely sort of actually, um, well, the reason you burn the lean tissue is to have free amino acids to help fuel detox pathways in the liver. So you never want to do that, right? You want to preserve your lean tissue, especially as you age. You want to preserve your lean tissue. And so things like these essential amino acids will do that. So you can have a very low-calorie diet um, and stay anabolic. So you're not breaking down your lean tissue. You'll just burn the fat. And then by including really easy-to-burn fats, like MCTs that come from coconut oil, which are really uh, quick digesting fat, right? It goes into your system. They're not digested like short fats or long fats are, um, which have to be broken apart and then absorbed and then reassembled and then sent to the liver for processing. They, again, go right in and right to, for circulation, right, for energy. Um, so those two can go a long way. And, like, the longest I've done any sort of, like, low-calorie fasting, cleansing, whatever, was just 10 days. And I was taking five of these capsules each three or four hours. Um, and it's quite profound. And a lot of endurance athletes use those as well. Um, they're not well. They're not well known, and they're not well marketed. What are they called? Uh, so, what you'll essential amino acids (EAAs) and you'll find them in, a sto in the store called MAP, Master Amino Pattern, which is the patented uh, blend or ratio that's been shown to have these effects. Very, very cool stuff. Very, very cool stuff. And I, I did a little bit of experimentation using primarily those and bone broth as my protein source and seeing how low I could drop other sources like eggs and nuts and seeds and still recover from exercise. Um, because excess protein is not a good thing either, right? So people that get on the high protein diets, okay, sure, you're probably replacing carbs and sugar with the protein, so you might lose fat if you're trying to lose fat. But your kidneys are going to process all of that nitrogen waste that's produced from the protein. Because dietary sources of protein, it's hard to find anything. I believe egg whites, the last time I looked at it, egg whites are one of the most bioavailable protein sources at about 30%. So, you know, 70% has to be processed and excreted. So over your lifetime, that's a lot of work for your kidneys. So that's why I see as a longevity tool, things like this and things like bone broth, which not in a lot of studies have been shown to be able to drop your protein needs. Um, but just in practice, you'll see it'll drop your protein needs a lot because it's so easily absorbed. Um, so yeah, I mean... What do you suggest to clients as a vegan substitute for It's hard. I think the closest you can get would be like a seaweed mushroom yeah. broth. Yeah. But it doesn't taste very good. No. I mean, you, <laughs> you can spice yeah, it up with yeah. stuff. But you can't get collagen from plants. Yeah. You just can't. 
Um, and this is where I see that the sort of dogmatic vegan thinking can really limit a lot of people in their healing journey because they're so determined to not consume animal products that their own health will suffer because of it. And I don't believe, I haven't found any single food that is more nourishing than bone broth. If you are sick, if, you have, if you're wasting away, if you've got cancer, you've got terrible digestive stuff, like a bone broth fast would be amazing for you. Like bone broth three times a day, and like load it up with vegetables and like make soups out of it. Like that was my breakfast all winter, was a cup of hot broth, half an avocado, celery, kale, ginger, turmeric, curry, ghee, coconut oil, like the whole thing blended up. It's like absolutely like no sugar whatsoever, tons of greens, tons of good fat, a good amount of protein from, I would throw some hemp seeds sometimes, and then you can add that in because hemp's another great complete vegan protein. Throw that in and that would keep me going for like four or five hours easily. Um, so, I mean, I'm a big proponent of broth. So and I, th- I just for clients sometimes. Like I grew up with yeah. broth as well. And, and I kind of minimize my intake of it because I'm, I'm also, you know, not all animals are honored in the way that they ought to be. Yeah. Um, but when I work with vegan clients, like sometimes I'll say like if people don't want to have like bone broth, I'll say, okay, make eggshell broth if you're a vegetarian. Mm. And that works really well. But, the yeah. eggshell membrane, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I never thought of really that. Well. Like in combination with what you said, like seeds yeah. and certain vegetables and stuff like that, especially root vegetables. Yeah. Um, and also goji berries are really good to eat like as a protein source. They have mm. a lot of proline, so it makes hyaluronic acid and collagen. But, nice. Um, but for a vegan, I'm kind of like, I don't know how to make it taste good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like well, and I wonder, to make it taste good, definitely a challenge. And then for like gut rebuilding, I would think, Things like aloe gel, which yeah. even tastes uh, even worse. But I mean, if you blend it up, it's not that bad. Yeah. But aloe gel is very regenerative. With the aloe gel, I know you can buy it and it tastes okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can or like buy it in a jar, it tastes okay. But you buy the leaf and it's very bitter. Yeah. Because it has latex in it. Okay. Yeah. So the inner gel, the inner gel doesn't have the outer latex, so it's less of a laxative and it's less bitter. Mm. You also have to be mindful with aloe. Is that even if you have the inner gel, like the latex is not good for people who have heart conditions. And the inner gel still has enough contact with that latex that okay. someone with heart conditions is not a good thing. Like it'll it'll cause heart arrhythmias. So just be mindful with aloe. So I should just have the inner gel. Yeah, have the inner gel, and it won't be as much of a strong laxative. It'll still be have a laxative effect, in it, but it'll be very nutritious for the gut. You can buy like whole. Actually, even No Frills here has whole aloe leaf. You can just buy it fresh. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 If you go to Kensington Market, you'll find it too. But yeah, they they also. It. It's not the same quality. I usually buy it at the Trini store. Okay. Mm. Trini. Well, and at the Trinidadian store. Yeah. In, in Kensington Market, they have. Well, they thank have you. And you're you're sparking something. Another thing that can be great for yeah. vegans. That's not a complete protein, as far as I know, but um, is very anabolic and has a good amount of protein, which is the Jamaican yellow yam. Oh really? That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it's very uh, it's very anabolic. So apparently, this is the Jamaican sprinters' secret. Oh, wow. They thrive on plantain and, and yam. So yummy. What does it look like? Good job. It's a it's big, ugly. a big root. It's a okay. big woody thing. And what's very interesting and Mother Nature's wisdom, and you can maybe my, this is just the male brain, but follow me on this. So they actually make testosterone from Mexican wild yams. And so I'm sure they're related yeah. because it's this big woody thing and you cut into it and like many uh, sweet potatoes, they have like a, a oozing latexy stuff that comes out. 
and it reminds me a lot of semen. But only the Dioscorea, not yeah. the Yeah, no, no, no. So the yellow, the orange one, that's it's a different plant. No, 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 no. exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But so the Jamaican yellow yam, you tell me, you find it in a store, you cut it open, it's like semen is oozing out of this thing. <laughs> and uh, like the texture and the smell, like, yeah. Um, but so it makes sense, yeah, right? This woody right. thing, that it would have this anabolic, yeah. testosterone-boosting sort of effect. So on the outside it's brown and woody, and inside it's yellow? Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really It'll be called good. Jamaican yellow yam. Yeah. And it's so that. interesting because Dioscura veloza is used for women to help boost progesterone. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a steroid hormone or a steroid compound in it that's very similar to progesterone. So mm -hmm. it hasn't been kind of proven in the lab that it's converted to progesterone in the body, but it does Traditional use shows yeah, that it's effective. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, well, and yeah. Yeah, so very cool stuff, very yeah. cool stuff. And then also another thing I was going to say is, let me see if I can remember, like backpack, because you were talking about, um, oh yeah, for, uh, for, no wait. Oh, anabolic. Chia one prash is really anabolic. That's amazing. Okay. Are you have you seen it around lately? I mean, yes. at least I know I used to get Himalaya company, uh -huh. and they're apparently out for like years now because they run out of amla. Or they run out of they one key ingredient. Of, oh, no, not not even amla. They ran out of one key ingredient. Irvies, Irvies has chia one prash, but it's kind of overpriced there. Mm. Um, another place that has. Even the big carrot has a lot of really good chiawan prashas. Not all of it is made in India. Though. Okay. Um, but they're okay. also pretty overpriced. Yeah. Um, and it's very expensive was, stuff. Yeah, there was another place I saw chiawan prash recently and I was like, oh, this is a good price. And I never mm. went back to get it. Let me see, see if I remember. Was it like the co op or something? No. Um, Are you familiar with chiawan prashas? I've heard of it, yeah. but I've, I've never tried it because it's not vegan. But what's not vegan about it? Honey? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably. yeah. Yeah. I think honey would be the only thing I would yeah, imagine. I it's else herbs. Is plants and then minerals. Like there's yeah, gold okay. and silver in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember that other place I saw. Yeah. It was in a glass jar too, because a lot of the stuff from India comes from is in a plastic jar, right? Like Dabur yeah. and Himalaya used to have it in plastic jars. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember, but you can even buy it online. Yeah. 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 And so just to wrap this that that sort of thing up, I mean. And the whole calories in, calories out thing has been shown to be pretty faulty. Yeah. So people that obsess about calories, it's just a lot of mental stress, to be quite honest. Because your body does not process 100 calories of white bread the same way it processes 100 calories of avocado. It just doesn't, yeah. right? And because hormones are the missing piece in that puzzle, um, it's just, it's not a complete tool or picture. Um, because you can have, like we said, you can have like an acaloric diet. So seemingly you should be losing weight. But if you're training right, and if you're incorporating the right foods and or supplements and or herbs, you could build muscle. So hormones are king, essentially. The body speaks hormones. Um, so that's just something to, to consider. Um, another thing that is, can be really good, not just for athletes and or vegan athletes, um, that's mostly used in the bodybuilding world, but creatine, creatine monohydrate, which is just, I think it's an amino acid. It is. Yeah, it's just an amino acid. And it can really increase endurance and athletic performance, but also mental performance. But if you're going to have bone broth, do you think that 
it that just kind of covers all the base. Like, I'm not a big fan of having like any sort of product that's made in a factory, especially something like mm. an amino acid. So, what what do you think would be like? I, I mean, think you could you be okay. Kidneys, and then you get like a lot of creatine. Like, you want to eat kidney meat? Well, and I am a fan of organs. Yeah. I am a fan of organs, and I I mean, it's a hard line to follow. I do believe in better living through science. Yeah. I do also believe that nature has a ton of wisdom and has to be the foundation. Um, and you can be very well, don't get me wrong, I think you can be healthy and well without necessarily incorporating that stuff, but I think you could be better and live longer and maybe have just run at a higher octane, as it were, and sustain that if you're supplementing. And like things like magnesium, I don't believe you can get enough through food. If you're like a hard-charging athlete, entrepreneur, like you need so much. I mean, you can have Epsom salt baths every night, yeah. ideally, which would probably get you covered. Um, but is everyone going to do that? Yeah, so making it, yeah, making it um, work in the modern world, in our stressful, is so I just see it as tools. They're just tools. You don't want to re rely on them, but they can help. They can help for a time. Um, you should cycle. I do believe in cycling, whatever yeah. it is. So cycle on, cycle off. You know, let your body come back to baseline. Because um, there's this whole other thing, and I guess we could, we'll wrap with this um, around brain health. And so nootropics are a class of whether it's herb or synthetic chemical or I guess those would be the main two supplements. Supplements that are shown to have a neuroprotective and cognitive enhancing effect. Um, and I've experimented with some of these and they are very powerful and you feel them and they work. They're gonna work differently for different people and there's a whole spectrum of stuff to explore. And there's a lot of natural ones to explore too. So things like lion's mane mushroom, things like go-to cola, ginkgo biloba, um, What's the other big one? Yeah, which goes by Bacopa, yeah, Bacopa Maneri, um, a great one. And so all these can enhance mental performance. And, but there are some very promising looking uh, synthetics that do similar things. Um, two that I'll just mention. One's called Centrophenazine which is sort of a pre, I believe it's a precursor to a thing, and we don't want to get too deep into the biochemistry, something called D-A-D-M-A-E, which assists in the acetylcholine pathway in the brain, which is one of our main neurotransmitters for like movement and learning and perception. better than a synthetic for that? Chinese club moss. Chinese club moss, okay. Uprazine, serrata. Serrata, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Because with these synthetics, I totally hear what you're saying, but I find that a lot of them are patented and then overpriced. Yes. And they're compounds that are oftentimes either extracted from plants or they learn about a certain pathway because they're And just change a it a little them. bit. I'm, yeah. These are, these are how pharmaceutical companies get into Capitalism. 
like it's capitalism. Yeah, so so I, I find that, um, and also I don't like you don't know what chemicals are using to extract and isolate that specific compound. They and if there is residues, they always have to use compounds to isolate that, yeah. that degree. You yeah. can't filter out a substance like that, like physically filter it out. You have to use some sort yeah. of chemical to bind it. Like I don't know if you've ever yeah. done like in, in science class, like in in uh, university science labs, chemistry labs, like that's how you isolate compounds. You extract them with another compound. Solvent that then, or that, yeah, solvent, and then you rinse off that precipitant. solvent, you never fully clear that solvent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's for each person to decide, you know, how yeah. deep they want to go. And I've dabbled a bit. I'm not, I don't take this, I don't take anything regularly. Um, but so a completely naturally based one is something called Alpha Brain. Mind you, it is pricey. I, I do have wholesale pricing for Canada. Um, and a lot of people really enjoy it. And these things can help prevent brain damage, right? So in my eyes, like people that play football or people that play hockey, boxing, um, like one of the guy who I was giving it to for a while was a martial artist, a mixed martial artist, kickboxer. Um, so yeah, to prevent like concuss concussive symptoms and brain damage that way can be really good. Uh, well, that's, th this is called Alpha Brain. It's a product, but there's different substances. So it's a blend. It's a blend of Bacopa and Huprazine A. Um, there, well, there's like some L-tyrosine in there too. There's a, it's like a blend. It's a blend of earth-grown stuff and I think a few synthetics as well. Um, that, that stuff actually can also really enhance lucid dreaming, um, which is something, you know, if you're into that, it can be fun. Um, so yeah, I mean... There's so much more to, to talk about and to dive into. There's a great book that I actually want to, I haven't actually read it yet, but it's called, it's called The Neurogenesis Diet. So it's how to eat to build a better brain. And for the longest time, for the longest time, medical science told us we can't grow new brain cells. Got such nonsense, you know. Um, yeah, you can regenerate anything. The body is made to regenerate and be healthy. Um, so that's, that'd be a cool resource to look into. Um, you said it's called the Neurogenesis Diet? It's called the Neurogenesis yeah. Diet. And so he breaks down different foods. So he'll break down like coffee in one chapter, or he'll break down blueberries in one chapter, or he'll break down red wine or whatever it is. A lot of things that are really good for the brain are those things that have a lot of polyphenols, the dark uh, colors in, that come in coffee and wines and fruits and berries. Um, and the EFA. The, yeah, the essential fats. Coconut. Well, coconut doesn't have essential fats, yeah. but it has uh, a lot of beneficial fats. The and the, the medium chain triglycerides, right? Especially for the brain. And you can buy those in a concentrated form, in MCT oil, um, which is pretty powerful stuff. Um, and again, like, so for me, if I was going to do a fast, I would do, like I did a juice fast, I would do a juice with, like I put olive oil and MCT oil in all my juices. And it was... Yeah, yeah, just to give yourself more energy, yeah, right? Because you're lean. You don't need yeah. to lose weight, right? Yeah. But it'll fuel you. It'll fuel your brain, the MCTs. Yeah. MCTs also cut your appetite, so you can just focus and not be worrying about food. And they preserve... When you're in a fat-burning state, you're preserving your, preserving your muscle mass. So you don't have to worry about burning off your lean tissue for energy. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, modified fasts are sort of what people like us would benefit most from. And if you drink tea or coffee it, already, 
to just throw in the good fats and see how you feel. Like if you have a chunk of time in the morning where you really want to focus and don't want any distractions, don't want to think about food, don't want to have hunger pains, want to be lasered in, you know, you might be served well to have some tea and throw some MCT oil in there. Like, like matcha, matcha green tea with coconut oil and MCT oil is one of my favorites. It's like just fuel for the brain and you're locked in because matcha has L-theanine, which is another great amino acid that promotes an alpha state, which is like a calm but focused state, meditative state. Um, that's great. That stuff is great. Um, Yeah, so green tea is a very strong, similar to cannabis, it's a very strong chelator. I think that's the, yeah. So it binds whatever's in the soil. So if that's grown anywhere, I mean, there's natural fluoride in spring water, in the soil, wherever. I don't think it's as bad for us as the stuff they're putting in tap water. Um, but yeah, even things like lead, heavy metals can be in green teas. Um, so cilantro is a chelator, so that means yes. you can also get bad stuff from cilantro? I don't, mm, well, there might be a different... between a bioaccumulator and a chelator? Yes. Okay. So some plants bioaccumulate, they have a propensity to bioaccumulate certain compounds, not necessarily mean that they're chelating. Yes. Because you can chelate things in different ways. So cilantro is a chelator of heavy metals. I don't think it's a bioaccumulator of heavy metals. No. Yeah, but something like you said, like green tea, also, there are actually a lot of plants that will bioaccumulate. Yeah. Even weeds that will grow in in soils that other plants grow, like some of them are medicinal, like dandelion, like mm. that will bioaccumulate anything. It grows anywhere, so it just it's mineral rich. But yeah, what are all those minerals, right? Mm -hmm. but the thing is, it's not just those plants. Like it's all over your food. It's okay. in the compounds that we breathe in. Yeah. Uh, in the air, it's in the compounds that people get in pharmaceuticals, in the the cosmetics and whatever they put on their skin and whatever and like and then and then this other branch of you know kind of being against natural products part of the uh, yeah <laughs> part of the medical system or the media starts to say like oh did you know that your plants can have lots of heavy metals in them and then people start to get yeah. freaked out it's like okay, well, what about all the other things that have even more heavy metals that are even more toxic that we yeah not talking about and you promote in different ways so well and the net the net is likely going to be positive, right? For including yeah, exactly. those in your yeah, in your yeah, life, yeah. the net's going to be positive. Um, whereas, like you know, breathing brake dust has no positive, yeah. but we all do it every day. Is that what you call that? Is that brake dust? The black dust from the road? I, I mean, there's brake dust in it. Yeah. Yeah, which is like terribly toxic, right? Yeah. Or the I think what is it? Cadmium they put in fuel. They put this crap in gasoline so it prevents knocking in engines, and we're all breathing it all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, which just goes to say that the better and the pure of a source you get your green tea or your algae, your spirulina, any of this stuff, the cleaner the source, the better, right? Um, without, yeah, without diving too deep, but um, yeah, if, if, unless there's any other any suggestions Questions? for hydration? I drink a lot. Hydration. But for some reason, yes. I always have dry skin. And I think just everything in my body is dry. And you might have it. Yeah. So the type of water you're drinking will have a big impact, right? Yeah, just rid of tap water, basically. So that would be, yeah, that would be a place to start. And I'm actually looking... You need nervous system grounding. Yeah. Thanks. Well, and I'm actually looking, and I'm going to put this out yeah, there, yeah. At, at creating a co-op for spring water delivery. 
Because I go, awesome. I go every month. A co-op or a business, one of the two. If we, if we can make it work either way, I'm down. Because I go every month. Me or my brother will go to Chalk Lake. Mind you, I think there's a lot of calcium in that water. So it might not be the... It's best to get calcium probably from water, though, than other things. Anyways, it depends. It's good, good water. And so to get a bunch of people that are interested in having that and we'll get like a trailer or like a van and fill it up and deliver it around the city um, is, would be really yeah. cool. Sounds awesome. Um, and then structured water um, can go a long way, especially when you don't have the best quality. So this little thing here is called an informed chip. You can look at it. That's from Germany. It used to be on a fancier bottle I had that had like the colors of the chakras and was really cool. But that's the, that's the piece. That's like the, the magic. Um, and so structured water, if you look into like Dr. Emoto's work, right? The memory of water. You put love on your bottle. You put the flower of life on your bottle. It has an impact. It imparts a structure to the water that can actually hydrate you better. And they've shown this like in scientific studies that it, can it has an anti-inflammatory effect drinking structured water. Um, so, I mean, in my eyes, spring water in a bottle that structures it for you, you can't do much better than that. Um, but even tap water or Brita water in a, in a bottle that structures it for you, um, I've heard, I don't know, I've heard, it make, seems to make sense that because of that structuring, you won't actually accumulate the crap that's in the water. It's like your cells get the goodness and then the rest goes out. So I don't know, but you can buy home systems for this. So the water that comes out of your taps is structured. You can do a lot of stuff. The other thing I would say for dry skin is get a chlorine filter for your shower head. Yeah, and I do have that. Okay, actually. so that's big. Um, and then yeah, good water, good fats, like good, uh, whether that's, if you don't do fish, like algae oil and things like that, yeah. or uh, borage oil, okay. evening primrose, like the good essential fats can yeah. go a long way. Um, Good, yeah, and then, that's, that's the primary one. Good. Yeah. The fats. And, and they're good salt. Your nervous system. You need some grounding. There's a lot of fire and a lot of air, and everything is just dehydrating the water element. Well, and would you say that good quality, like Himalayan salt or rock salt, would yeah, I, help I with the hydration would help. and ground? It would, it would definitely help. Um, you need the minerals, but yeah. focus more on your nervous system and, and on stress more than anything. Mm. Yeah. And proper breathing. Anything that will relax and ground yeah. you will start to you'll hold the water a lot more. Well, and I'll say, I'll just say this this last bit. <laughs> Having a, a, a good-sized dose of, like, pink salt first thing in the morning with your morning water can be a game-changer. And, like, kind of a lot, like a quarter teaspoon to a half a teaspoon of salt, either right on your tongue and down or in your water and down. Um, it can help your body sort of normalize your blood pressure once you go from sleeping to standing um, and really nourish your adrenal glands. Because okay. like when you have salt cravings, a lot of times it's your adrenals that are like craving the salt and the minerals. That can be a profound one. Just salt first thing in the morning with your water. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's gonna help your nervous system to calm down and help you to do all the other things. So they all feed each other, right? They all feed each other. No, well, the whole salt, I mean, scare, just like yeah. the fat scare is okay. a, a lie. I mean, you don't want to have well, iodized salt. salt. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Processed white salt, it 
stay away from it, right? Um, just like processed white anything. Well, I mean, I take processed white things, but <laughs> some people, you know, flour, sugar, dairy, you know, salt, the four white devils, yeah. as some people call them. Stay away from those. But good quality salt is one of the most amazing things ever, and we need it. And we, like, our bodies really, really need it. And so there's not much worry. And it wouldn't be dehydrating. It seems to me like no, it it's actually hydrating. Because like people that drink distilled water that are actually dehydrated because your body can't do anything with dead distilled water. But if you put good salt in it or on your food, you keep it. Okay. And buy the coarse salt and either grind it yourself or mm. use it coarse because it has more moisture in it. As soon as it mm. starts to be high ground, it dehydrates a lot more. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a salt fiend. I collect makes sense. cool salts. <laughs> yeah? You have like black salt and yeah. like, oh, nice. I'll just have them in a jar. I'm like, salt. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I have these like it's big so chunks good. of Himalayan um, pink salt. And when I brought them home and I showed my partner, like he's, he finally started to get like into salt. Like I made him taste, I'm like, taste this salt. It's totally different. I'm like, yeah. Salt tastes different. <laughs> yeah. I had red salt and black salt and like oh my god. Smoked oh, salt. Yeah. And yeah. I've never done the smoke salt before. No. No. But I think um, I tried it once or smelled it at least. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Black <laughs> salt. I have black salt. I think it's called lava salt. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's, but it looks like that's, it's salt with like. There is, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. that's one form of black salt, but then there's actually a sort of true black salt that that comes from India, um, mm. and it's called something else. It's actually more gray, um, and it's not the best for every constitution. But mm. that is, um, it just has a lot of sulfur in it, so it's stinky. It smells like eggs, mm. <laughs> but it's good. It's it's really good. It has a very distinct flavor um, and mm. a very distinct, like it's very heat. Body, mm. um, so that's why it's not good for all constitutions, but mm. um, it's yeah, it's just very, very interesting energy yeah. for that. Song. That's tr kind of true black salt, like I said, it's, it has another mm. name in India, it starts with the letter K. Maybe do you remember what it's called? I forget now, mm. but yeah. that's the true black salt. That other lava salt mm. is, yeah, they add carbon or, or um, charcoal. I know that there's they, yeah, sort of charcoal, uh, or they add like something from the, the volcano, interesting. From, uh, Hawaii, I think that's yeah. where it started. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, essentially, my part of my mission is just to empower people to understand this, yeah. right? To understand what's going on, and use that to empower themselves. Yeah. To not be a victim to cravings or, you or know. To genes. Yeah. The gene theory. Yeah. All yeah. oh, the people in my family have this disease. <laughs> I must have it too. It's like no. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. A big one. Yeah, because our genes are literally, each meal we have, each thought we have, is influencing what expresses, right? Epigenetic expression, which is way more important than some, you know, hard wiring that you're doomed to suffer yeah. with, so. So what do you guys think of the, like, genetic testing and... I'm, it's fascinating. I, I'm going to do my 23andMe testing at some point. I think it's very incomplete. Yeah, it's, a, it's another piece of the picture. Um, it can show you some things about like, you know, particular things you might be more predisposed to. Um, like and, what to watch out for, like what your potential weak Yeah. Weak so in that sense, it, it can be cool. You can, I, frankly, oh, sorry, go on. You can see your actual, like the breakdown, like percentage wise of like what nationality or like, you know, whether you have some Neanderthal in you or you have some tribal person from this, you, know, you can see all that. But it's very young, 
right? They, there's not a whole lot that you can really say this either causes this or this is like a directly going to influence this. There's so much we don't know about how yeah. Because right now, it's like one gene, one function. That's the old, very old dogmatic way of thinking. Yeah. It's nowhere near one gene, one function. Like, there's yeah. so much that happens in the cell that people have no idea about. And yeah. they won't necessarily say that out loud because scientists like to have clean, neat stories. Be like, this yeah. is how it works. And we figured it out. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much gray there. And the fact that they still think there's like junk DNA just makes me not believe <laughs> a word that they say. Yeah. You know, like there's just so junk much where DNA. They, they don't know what it is. And so they're like, oh, it's not that important. You don't need your gallbladder. We'll just take it out. Yeah. All the spleen. No, we don't yeah. know what it does. It's just an organ. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a lump. In yeah. my body. Well, you know, and like, so I don't, I don't really trust <laughs> a lot of that. And then also, and this is like a little bit more conspiracy, like, I don't want those kind of data anywhere in a government or industry bank. Like, I don't want mm. the government or industry to know what my genome is. They already know enough. Like, there's mm. so much that can't be done. And, yeah. and that to me is just, like, it's almost, it's almost to the extent of microchipping for me, for someone to know yeah. what my genome is. Well, they could, like, clone you. They could, like, clone so you. They could do all sorts of crazy so stuff. Even from a, like, a beyond physical world perspective, like there's so much that can be done. Mm. Collecting that data and then influencing the population based on so the much, analysis that they get from. So much that they can do. I'm yeah. really not uh, You gotta go. Which is why I don't go to the doctor and don't let them take blood from me and I don't yeah. take blood. Okay. We'll officially wrap there. I hope you enjoyed that. If you made it through, I apologize for the audio quality and all the sounds of the park and the festival. But what are you going to do when you're recording a talk in the middle of a park festival? You know, you got to take the kirtan, you got to take the traffic, you got to take what comes and roll with it. So, hope you got some value out of that. If you did, maybe you feel like sharing this, maybe you feel like sharing the podcast, sharing a favorite episode with someone you care about, someone you think would benefit from the message and the information. And then also hopping into iTunes and giving a rating, review, and hitting subscribe to bump us up in the ratings and get more people to bring the redefining reality paradigm into their reality, <laughs> into their podcast feed, more, uh, more rightly said. So... I love you. I thank you for being here and tuning in. And uh, until next time, be well, stay beautiful, and much love, my friends. Peace. And for this special edition episode, we're going to rock it out with a Lakota healing song. I was first introduced to this song back in the Peruvian Amazon. Somebody had it on their iPod. And we played it on the speakers during a ayahuasca ceremony. And Don Alfredo really loved it. Really, really loved it. He loved the healing vibes. So the Shipibos are feeling the Lakota. And I hope you do too. What they watch in a day, oh, Marky, are you? We are not any. Are they not me, Chihuahua? We are not any.
Hello. 